G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz and this is episode number 19 of the Outback Mine podcast. Another amazing, amazing guest on uh, with me today, a, gen- a gentleman by the name of Tommy Herschel. Now, Tommy Herschel, uh, some of you may remember Tommy was a surf reporter uh, traveled the world for quite a while uh, doing surf reporting uh, has some uh, some pretty amazing stories to tell through that um, Tommy's also a school teacher but underneath all the um, all the glitz and glamour uh, there's a really deep story that Tommy has to tell uh, to help rural Australians uh, to be able to help them understand uh, alcohol and what alcohol can actually do to our um, our well-being primarily. Tommy, um, like me, I suppose, uh, I guess uh, very lucky to be here and be having these conversations. And Tommy uh, went through an interesting journey where he just basically, um, uh, yeah, self-destructed in many ways and uh, come out the other side a, a much better man. So um, he's got a, an amazing, amazing journey um, to share with us today. Uh, Tommy does a a charity or runs a charity by the name of Find Your Feet now where he goes through um, uh, country areas, uh, primarily through New South Wales and other parts into Queensland and also uh, Vic uh, at some stages uh, to be able to talk about uh, his journey, his own personal journey, but also to be able to help young fellas primarily in schools to be able to become more self-aware and develop, um, I suppose, uh, uh, a better relationship with themselves and other people within their uh, communities to be able to help them be- become uh, better young men and better adults as they progress through life. So sit back and enjoy my conversation with Tommy. I think you'll find it absolutely amazing. We've got so much in common. So I uh, really uh, hope you enjoy our, our chat. Tommy Herschel, welcome to the Outback Mind podcast. Yeah, cheers, Adam. It's stoked to be here, actually. Uh, Mate, I'm excited. I've uh, I got up early this morning and semi killed the pig, knocked out a hundred push-ups, and mate, just had a little I call them a little punch in the jaw, just a little straight coffee, and uh, mate, here I am having a yarn with you. So, mate, cracking, cracking way to start the day. Unbelievable! It's amazing, isn't it? When we when we sort of wake up, we're sort of in this doubt mode, and once we push the body a little bit, how we get out of it? Um, you know, that can be through push-ups, meditation getting out of our comfort zone and, and really when we do that we sort of come out the other side sort of feeling pretty good yeah mate exactly well i mean my mornings mate can sometimes just be full of i can't you know like oh no nah, it's raining or no nah, it's windy or no nah, you know i can't do that whereas the minute i get out and, and and do something mate i sort of turn it into the i can so uh yeah. you know and that sort of rolls in rolls into my day then so Mate, yeah, look, I didn't fully get to the I can. I got 100 push-ups out. Would have loved a 20K run or something like that. But life uh, doesn't always serve you up pancakes and crepes, mate. you got to roll with what you got. I reckon that's uh, there's a real message in that because when we're, when we're sort of um, at the stage where we think we've got to do something, we're sort of forcing it. But if we get up and just go with the flow of what's actually happening and how we feel on the, on the, at that particular day, it sort of sets our nervous system up to say, okay, I can, I can do this rather than sort of forcing against it. And usually when you force too hard against something, that's when you get <clears throat> primarily an injury or you get uh, something going wrong. And um, yeah, if you can get up and just sort of flow with what's happening at the moment, that's, uh, that's a great way to go. Yeah, well, mate, I mean, we're, we're obviously going to have a yarn now for a, a bit of time. But it's one of the big things that I sort of focus on with, with my work and young fellas. One of them, one of the tips I give young blokes 
um, is surrendering. And mate, I, I just never did it enough. And uh, I just push, push, push until I broke. Whereas now I actually go, you know what? This is too wild. This is too crazy for me. Um, and I sit back a bit. And then I actually realize, well, what am I actually getting panicked about? And then when I look at it and I actually put it in my hand and like, and spin it around a bit, I go, you know what? There's actually nothing sort of to freak out on. And, and that's surrendering like you said, totally alleviates the uh, the nervous system and, and I sort of can relax a bit. Yeah, it's just, just you versus you at the end of the day. And, yeah, um, exactly, we've, mate. We've, we've been sort of so conditioned. I, I think you've spoken about it, but I've spoken about it too, like that, that grade three, grade four period where, you know, we're sort of pushed against ourselves and that, that real sense of self and that sense of surrender sort of gets taken away. So you are, you are forcing quite a bit. But um, you, when you actually like do surrender, this is where meditation and, and, and yin yoga is so good because you just got to let go. Once you let go, that's when all the healing happens. It's like when you go for a run or when you're halfway through the push-ups, you, know, you might just say, oh, I'm just going to feel into this rather than actually like be too much in the mind. And when you get out of the mind and just like really be in the moment, that's when all the, the good stuff starts to happen. Yeah, exactly, mate. Yeah, one one mistake I make when I go running is looking at my watch, you yes. know, looking at what <laughs> what am I doing with kilometres, how fast am I going, and, you know, like, in a way, I'm sort of, that's how I operated my life for so long. I was constantly looking at what was I doing, how was I achieving, how well was I going, whereas the minute I sort of, you know, even do what I said before, which is that surrender or another term we use it, I use it, find your feet, which is, you know, take your foot off someone's throat or even your own throat. Mm. And you do exactly what you just said. You just settle into it, and that's when that healing, or the, or even the setting up, sort of happens too. You know, like setting up for that day or the week, or setting up to sort of, uh, if you know you've got a couple of triggers coming across you, you know, like yeah, just prepping for all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I broke my watch in 2014. I haven't had another one since. So. I've been trying yeah, to be, right. be in the moment as much as I possibly can with it. And, uh, and that's the beauty. Once you sort of get out of the mind, you actually, your body starts working better and you actually get quicker, you know? So it's sort yeah. of, it's amazing. We're sort of, yeah, we're, when, we're, when we've got tension in the mind, the tension goes into the body. When we're free in the mind, yeah. the freedom goes into the body as well. And we just, you know, start to work better like we're, we're meant to, like more in flow. Tommy, yeah. yeah. We're going to have a, uh, a serious chat about uh, about blog stuff, and um, you know, I really want you to to talk about your own journey. Um, you know, growing up, where you grew up, all that type of stuff, where life basically took you, and then we'll sort of weave the conversation from there, mate. So I'd love to talk uh, more about your your childhood in Chugan and sort of where that sort of led to. Yeah, mate. Well, look, um, grew up in in Chugan, mate. Beautiful Chugan there on the Goldie Southern End. Um, mate, the local Seahawks. We won the comp in '86. We lost it in '87, mate. They, they reckon if you if you don't, you know, sort of, um, you know, get hold of the ego there, you're going to come out the next year and play pretty shitty footy, which is what we did, mate. I was only five years old, but you know, um, <laughs> the local footy club was uh, local rugby league club was, um, you know, was a was a bit of a a bit of a base. Um, so, mate, yeah, grew up in Chugan. Rugby league was huge. Surfing was huge. Um, went to the local primary school there at Crumb, and my my childhood mate was spent running around with my mate Dingo, uh, throwing rocks at cats and uh, you know making water bombs and and doing all that sort of stuff until you know about the age of ten, I guess it all sort of changed when when mum and dad um, separated and the old man moved to far north Queensland and mate 
in 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 that day i sort of put on an armor or i put on a mask that realistically i didn't take off for um another 25 years yes. you know until i was 35 years old yep. um and mate you know i remember getting in the car and, and um and mum had written a letter to dad you know obviously explaining it all and and um we got in the car and uh and uh, we're driving to Brizzy and, and mum, you know, turned around and just said to my sisters and I, yeah, I don't love your dad anymore. And it sort of all changed that day. And um, and it was huge. It was a big, big change. I mean, I just was like, well, where's, where's the old boy? Where's dad? Where's his family unit gone? Not knowing anything, you know, at the age of 10, of, I was just like, aren't families meant to stick together? Yeah. And, um, and, mate, we went to Brisbane. Mum, mum did her best to sort of explain it. And, you know, it didn't happen too well. You know, she sort of came from that generation where it was really tough to, you know, be able to speak about these sort of things. Um, mate, we went back to the Goldie eventually. I went back to school. And from that day on, mate, I just pretty much became the best smart-ass in the room, the loudest bloke in the room, mm. told the most lies, but just constantly trying to fit in with the boys. Um, <laughs> my old man, as I mentioned, bailed to far north Queensland. End of the year, I mean, I felt a lot of anxiety. Even this is like 90... 192 even then you know anxiety wasn't even a word in my dialogue and, and i must admit, i don't reckon it was a word in many other people's too you know it was for me it was described as homesickness or um any something like that um or being soft um but mate oh yeah i took off to final queensland my old man when i lived in port douglas um went up there and you know he was sort of on a whole new tangent with his world and in a bit of a spin after what had happened to him and yeah. I was 14, trying to work out, I was sorry, 11, 12, 13, 14, you know, for those four years, trying to work out what was going on. Um, came back to the Goldie, went to PBC, and, mate, just became, from then on, the greatest smart-ass ever, yeah. uh, the loudest ever, the noisiest attitude, huge. And that was when I was at school. And then, mate, I'd come home from school and, um, and I'd surf, and then, mate, I'd spend a lot of time in my room, in tears, writing, doing a lot of story writing, um, writing, you know, poems, stuff like that, just doing my absolute best to get all this stuff out of me that I couldn't at school because, you know, I was one of the boys and doing all that sort of stuff. Um, I remember one day, mate, I was at, at Woodwork and this legend teacher of mine, Johnny Keneally, you know, we will give him so much shit and bloody would yell out. I nicknamed him Crackers and... Mate, we'd go over to blokes with orbital sanders and put them on their backs and, you know, burn them with an orbital sander and, and Johnny would be yelling at us constantly and I'd be yelling out. And, and one day he just came over to me, he goes, oi. And I said, yeah, what, crackers? And he goes, he goes, I reckon you should have a think about one day doing something with your voice other than being a dickhead. He goes, I reckon you've actually got something you could do good with your voice. And I was like, whoa. I sort of stopped in amongst all these blokes being severe smart asses noise i stopped and looked at him and that was the seed that he planted for me like i actually went wow he's someone shown some interest um he's given me an idea you know and it realistically didn't kick in for another 20 years but mm. it's sort of planted in my head that i wanted to be a school teacher so mm. you know when i finished when i finished high school uh, i became a school teacher but you know, it didn't matter that I was at uni doing all these sort of things, mate. I was, you know, for me, instead of being the smart-ass and the loud guy, that that turned into drinking. That was my mask then, you know. I was able to go out and, um, you know, drink 10, 15, 18 cans a day and no one had any real idea, you know. I was drinking while I was driving, drinking while I was, you know, 
wherever I could get a can in me, that's where I was doing it because that became a mask and that allowed me to, you know, hide all that anger or, or sort of cover all that anger up. Mm. Um, mate, so, yeah, I mean, I studied to become a school teacher while I was doing that. I got a gig working for a magazine in, in America, a surf magazine, mate, travelled the world with them for like 10, 11 years, you know, going to surf events around the world, documenting, you know, seasons in Hawaii, um, saw the world, you know, lucky enough to see the world, but it didn't matter. Like I was in so much pain still. I still had all that trauma, all that shit. Um, you know, the ego is an incredible thing that it can mask a lot of stuff, but the ego doesn't let you go when it's just you and the ego, when it's night time and you're on your own or, or even when you're with someone who challenges you. And mate, I guess that for me became when I, when I met my wife, you know, like, um, I came back to, back to Australia after being away for a long time, um, had a relationship that broke down, um, came home from school one day and, um, made a, a, a mate of mine was sort of in the feathers with a, with a partner and, and that was sort of like my second traumatic sort of event. From then on, it really kicked in and, and um, you know, the, the drinking sort of covered up those behaviours even more and, um, and, and it was almost like I was allowed to, you know, like I'd been through a traumatic event and, and, and I sort of discovered, you know, when, when us blokes go through something, we can, we can do that. We allow ourselves to really mess up. Yeah. Um, you know, because it's the easier thing. It's the, the harder thing is to challenge it. Um, but, mate, yeah, we've got another 12 months of just being a complete mug. Um, met my wife um, in far north Queensland. Um, long, really long story short, she put up with about nine years of absolute hell of a bloke who would go out and drink with his mates and be the life of the party and then come home and cry his eyes out to her, emotionally abusive, tell her she's got no idea what it's like, no one knows what it's like to not have a dad and just play this victim behaviour I would. And every night I'd ring my best mate who's 68 years old, old fella called Neil Pringle, and I'd ring him and he'd answer the phone, he'd put me in contact with a mate of his. I'm living in Sydney by this stage at a place called Avalon, and and I'd ring him and, yeah, and he'd, he'd get a mate to talk to me and, wake up the next day sober mate and everything was fine for me anyway you know like i was sober that morning boom whatever happened the night before couldn't remember it didn't matter because i used the excuse that i was drunk um i'd get into my day yet my wife was sort of like just counting up all this stuff or not counting up i should say taking on all this pain and um that i was sort of delivering from my sort of stuff that i was holding on to and um and, mate, eventually one night it just all became too much. And then this is a skill that I talk to young blokes about. It, and I got it from a great mate of mine, Kane, who talks about in life, you know, like we just jam everything into a Coke bottle until eventually if we don't know how to deal with it, it just explodes. And, mate, that happened for me one night. I was sitting with two blokes in um, Avalon and, um, and mate, we're, we're having a few reds and a few beers and, and dinner's cooking and the kids are just going to bed and, and they're telling me that I need to start working on all this stuff with my dad. Mm. You need to do this, you need to do that. And I was just listening. And eventually my Coke bottle just filled up way too much and the anger filled up and I just said, what the, would you blokes know, you know, about my stuff? Go and get jammed. And, mate, I picked up a bottle of red, sculled it top to bottom, threw it across the room. Mate, um, until 3 o'clock the next morning, pretty much trashed the house. Um, a little boy came out crying and I yelled at him to go back to bed and kicked his toy boat, which he had lying on the floor, and it smashed to smithereens. He ran into his room and hid. 
Um, a little girl came out and just begged me to stop, and I yelled at her, you don't know what it's like, no one knows. Yeah. Continued on with that easy behaviour until, mate, I finished up at about three in the morning um, under the house, literally with my wife on one side of the garage, my mate on the other side of the garage, and I was just banging my head against the brick wall saying, um, I want to go home to Queensland, I want to go home, I want to go home. And I was saying, I want, I, I wasn't saying I want my mum, I was saying, I want my mummy, I want my mummy, I want my mummy. Mm. Mate, I was 35 years of age, it was on the 10th of February 2017, and mate, my Coke bottle just over, overflowed and it went crazy and exploded everywhere. Um, I ran outside, rang my best mate Bing like I do every night, which is my easy option. And mate, he did something that saved my life, um, saved my marriage. Um, saved my kids' world, really, and he put his foot down and he just said, mate, I love you, but I'm not answering the phone anymore when you're full of piss. I'm not answering the phone when you're drunk anymore. Um, I've had enough. You're better than this. Your wife's better than this. Um, and I'm doing this because I love you, but don't ring me anymore like this. Mm. Ring me when you're sober. And I just sobered up immediately. Like, it was unbelievable in my head. Woke up the next morning, I'm a pretty active beekeeper, Mate, I went to a, a, a beehive that I had down in Lane Cove, had my dog with me, walked into this beehive. And one of the big things with bees, mate, you've got to be calm, you've got to be still. You know, you go banging around in a hive, they're going to come out and sting you and do all that sort of stuff, mate. And I didn't know where I was. I walked into this hive. Within three minutes, my little dog and I, Roxy, are getting stung absolutely everywhere. Um, I looked over at her. She had her ears down and I said, little dog, today's the day. Um, I went straight from there, mate, to a place uh, in Sydney called South Pacific, walked in as uh, a rehabilitation place. The lady said, look, so sorry, we don't take walk-ins. And I said, well, I've got about 25 years of shit that I've got to get rid of. Um, I'm not going anywhere. And this lady ran out. She goes, oh, my God, um, are you Tom? And I said, yeah. And she said, I just had a phone call from your mother-in-law. And I was like, how did she know I was here? And she goes, I don't know, but she's called us saying expect you to show up um and this woman put her arms out and mate i fell into her arms and i cried from my toenails up for about 40 minutes um next to me was a group of recovering alcoholics and mate they just spoke openly about they didn't care that i was there crying um i didn't have to have a mask on they were doing their thing i was doing my thing um they sent me straight to a men's group um where I had a, a conversation for the first time I've never ever had before. They sent me to an old lady, I shouldn't say an old lady, a champion lady called Elizabeth, who I've been talking to every couple of weeks for the last three years. Um, and, mate, for the first time I got to take my mask off and, and actually own up to the fact that, yeah, I'm damaged, yeah, I'm beaten. Um, but, yeah, you know what? I can change. Um, I can't expect everyone else to change. Mm. And, mate, it was... Um, it was incredible. Like my whole world sort of had lifted. Um, you know, those nights of punching holes in the walls and doing the easy thing um, soon became, you know, uh, obvious that that was my go-to and that was my easy stuff. Mm. And mate, I had nine. I had nine. I had twelve months of absolutely no alcohol at all. Um, discovered all my alcohol, my anxiety stemmed from my alcohol. Um, I never did drugs, mate. Drugs were never my thing. Um, and I just learned that I'm a much better person when I'm uh, when I'm not drinking. Um, so, mate, yeah, look, I mean, one of the greatest realizations I think I had too, and why this work sort of works well for me is 
is it never stops. Um, I went to a function after it and I was speaking in front of a thousand people. It would have been at this at this function that I was emceeing and and I was telling them all my story and mate, there was people in tears and people standing up and like um, clapping and there I was, you know, again, just going, oh, look at this, the ego was overflowing. And I got back to the table where I was sitting with my wife and she was in tears and, and I was like, oh, she's really moved by it. And again, I was making it all about me. And um, three days later, she just had a meltdown and she just said, you're, you're just a prick. Like, I can't believe this. Here you are standing up at these functions saying how good you're going and, and you're wowing people and you're doing all this. But what about me? Like, I did nine to ten years of, of this bullshit. You got so much to make up for. And I was like, wow, like, that's such a blessing that she did that to me because, yeah, like, I, I, I think like a lot of blokes... We, we make one improvement and we think, yeah, right, boom, I'm on the track. Whereas I've learnt that we constantly have to own our stuff, like, daily. You know, like, um, my story, mate, I've got triggers, you know, all over the place. Um, and I didn't even know what triggers were in my early days. I just knew that I got angry at certain people and these things upset me. Mm. Whereas now, um, you know, I've got the, the beauty and the blessing that I get to go to schools and um you know help young blokes i guess not pull the trigger and help them understand the trigger so mate hopefully i've um i've given you a bit of a, an insight i don't know when you tell your story you know it's like as you go here there and everywhere but mate like we talked about before this this podcast started or this interview started was there's no scripts we're just going with it so yeah, yeah mate that's i guess that's a bit of my world huh oh mate amazing look you know how many people would have gone through a similar situation but not actually come out the other side? So, you know, I, I, I don't want to talk about myself too much here, but I knew when I was going through the stage like you did, when I was about 19 or 20, I knew that one day this was going to end. Uh, and, and there's always this sort of thing in the back of my mind, it's going to happen when you're like late 30s, 40 or whatever, and, and that's what happened. But... Uh, uh, all the all the all the the binge drinking and that with me got triggered when I was uh, when I was fourteen or a circumstance when I was fourteen and they say um, between the ages of ten and sixteen if something happens in your life then that can really trap you and then yeah. and then that can actually like be the the base of your insecurity primarily and and I think you and I, you know, went through a similar situation at that uh, t- at that stage in our lives, which actually like kept us trapped for for so long, and we just masked that with the uh, with the heavy drinking and not being able to open up. I was a smart ass too, mate. Don't worry, I was I was the life of the party, mm-hmm. the smart ass, all that type of stuff. But deep down underneath, the little boy hadn't been sorted out, and yeah. uh, and really, this is this is where we've got, uh, I suppose, a duty to be able to sort of help others understand that. If you do uh, see someone, uh, you know, uh, displaying these sorts of behaviours, then maybe there is, uh, you know, something going on underneath where, you know, a good friend or someone can go to them and say, "Look, mate, are you are you all right? You know, what what can we what can we um, learn from your behaviour here?" And and usually they would put the wall up, as as you mentioned, like, but not be not be a, um, you know, sort of too keen to speak. But if eventually you keep coming back, then eventually they actually will. Uh, and hopefully not get to a situation where they're throwing red wine bottles over the room and uh, you know and making a mess of themselves and mess of everyone else around them. And mate, I, I um, look yeah, I took a lot of people in my life for granted, um, unfortunately. And uh, 
I've had people come and go in my life, but that's all happened for a reason, as, as they have in yours. Um, and you've got, you know, a, a good core group of friends, I'd imagine, which you can bounce off uh, any time. Yeah, mate. I mean, that's the, that's the biggest one, I guess. Like you talk about that stuff that happens in early age. Like, for me, I always go, I, I use this principle of left and right. Um, so one of my best mates um, is that is a champion bloke, Kai Hurst, is an Ironman. Um, for a long time, you know, probably one of the greatest we've seen. Um, and I've just always remembered him as the guy who took on a challenge. Um, you know, his story is his story, so I won't talk on that. But he's been through so much that no one has any idea about. And, and I always say that he goes right. So he, go, he doesn't go left and do the easy thing. He goes right and takes on a challenge. Um, you know, like I was explaining at his wedding a couple of weeks ago that... Um, you know, we're going camping once, and I was saying to everyone, you know, I kept ringing him going, mate, it's going to rain, it's going to rain. And he kept saying, mate, who cares? It's only water. Yes. You know, so <laughs> I'm the sort of guy who always goes left. Like, I did, I, well, I was. The easy thing, it was just to go, you know what, let's not go camping because it's going to rain. Whereas he goes, mate, let's go camping. Who cares? It's only water. Mm. And I said, he saw his mum the day we were going camping, and, and she said, oh, you must be excited. And I said, yeah, I am, but what about the rain? And she goes, Tommy, who cares? It's only water. Mm. And I turned to my mate who I was with, and I was like, there's a reason that Hursty went on to be a two-time Olympian and one of the greatest athletes we've seen. Um, I was telling that story at his wedding, and then his brother got up and told an amazing story to me after it about left and right. And he said, you know, it's interesting, Tommy, that a lot of people don't get a choice to go left or right. He goes, but we've got a choice, haven't we? And I said, yeah. And I said, well, tell me, what, like, what do you mean? What are you talking And he goes, well, when I was in Afghanistan, he said, you know, we were out one night and, and we came across this building and there was two doors, a left and a right. And we talked about half the group go left, half the group go right. Um, anyway, he said, you know, and, it's, and I'm always wary when I'm talking on these stories because, you know, he's, uh, he's an amazing man. He told me this story and, and I'm sure he's okay with me sharing it because, um, you know, I think it benefits a lot of people, this, this principle of this left and right that I use. But he said, um, he said that night, you know, like we had to split left and right. He said half the group went into the left door, half went right. He said, I went right. He said, the minute I went right, went into this room with all with with half the you know platoon. He said, all this noise, gunshots, bombs went off in the other room. He said, I ran in there. Um, one of my best mates was laying on the ground. He'd been shot. He said, I grabbed him, threw him over my shoulder, ran for about eight kilometres with him on my shoulder. He said, mate, it was the toughest run I've ever done, but you know the most rewarding. But he goes, I'll never forget this guy, his hand tapping me on the ear the whole way. Um, he said, mate, so you just think about it, you know, like those guys that night didn't get a choice to go left or right. They got told that they had to go left mm. and they lost their lives. Mm. You know, he goes, we, we get a choice, Tommy. When, when something comes up, we get a choice whether we're going to be positive or negative on it or not even positive and negative because I'm not even happy, like big on those words, mm. but whether we're going to take the challenge on or we're going to lay on our backs and let someone, you know, walk, walk all over us or let ourselves walk all over us. Mm. Um, Anyway, that was my thing growing up, mate. You know, like, I actually started to... My, I remember a bloke saying to me once, he goes, mate, I reckon you're actually starting to enjoy this victim thing. Like, for you, you enjoy the behaviour. And I was like, shit, that's planted a seed in my head. I, I would have retaliated at that time, but I remember thinking, yeah, I am. Like, this is just getting too easy. It's so easy being the naughty kid. It's so easy being the alcoholic. It's so easy being the bloke who's been hurt and damaged. Mm. It's really hard to turn right and be the guy who's going to own it, take it on, and do it. Um, and I think as a young bloke, all your mates, like, it's easy to have a 1,000 friends. 
um, because they let you be who you want to be in the sense of they let you be a smart-ass, they let you play up. And, and I call that this men's law, you know, that we've created these things that we do and, um, you know, all the easy things, you know, like we're meant to drink, we're meant to sort stuff with our fists, we're meant to, you know, drive a ute, be a tradie, all these sort of laws that we've created. Mm. Um, you know, and, that, and that's the easy thing. But when blokes look at that law and they go, shit, how have I settled into this or what's this doing for the bloke who doesn't live by this? They all of a sudden have to turn right and they have to challenge it. Mm. And for me, mate, when I challenged it, when I went to my first party after I'd walked out of that rehab place at South Pacific, I remember being at a party and none of the boys really would come near me. It was like I was covered in spiders, you know, like I was having a champ- oh, champagne. I was having a, a soda water with my wife, which is something I'd never done. Talking to her and a friend at a party, no one really came near me. And it was hard for the boys because I was challenging what we normally do, which was, mate, get to a party, all hang at one end of the veranda near the barbie and just smash the stubbies. Mm. And I wasn't doing it. Um, so, mate, it took a little bit of time. And, 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 and eventually, you know, now I've got four or five solid mates that, mate, I can walk up to and go, hey, like, I'm, I'm struggling. I've got, I've got to go and do this next week and I know it's going to trigger me. Um, far out. I'm under the whip a bit. My mate will go, mate, mate, take like, this is how I'm going. Mm-hmm. And and I explain to young folks that that's me now going to the Coke bottle and taking the lid off just a little bit. Every now, every time that I own something or I talk on something, it releases the pressure. Mm. Um, and, and it doesn't build up. And I get to own my stuff and I get to share it and I get to work on it again. Um, so, mate, yeah, look, I've got four or five mates now that are core. And the reason they're so core is because they do the same to me. They ring me and go, hey, I'm going no good. So we can't expect, you know, always to be offloading to someone. Um, if they're not going to do it, you know, like, well, mate, I'm not going to share with that bloke. He, he's no good at it. He's not, he's not giving me anything back. Mm. Um, the minute someone else is vulnerable, I guess I'm saying, you know, it makes it so much easier for us. But, yeah, mate, I've got a solid bunch of mates, you know, that are in on this whole find your feet message, you know, which is great. The journey of life, and we, we don't, we don't get a roadmap for this, you know. We, 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 we get into the school. We get sort of pushed uh, along along the way to be competitive and judgmental and comparative and all that type of stuff. But the vulnerability is such a, a key key part of our, our well being. So to be able to have all the noise, but also to have the quiet time to be able to sort of be vulnerable and be able to unlock all those those things that are actually like, you know, holding you back. And uh, for, for for many guys, it's such a challenge to be able to. Uh, to, to get to that stage so it's really interesting you know hearing your story about left and right and so forth and yeah you know you and I spoke yesterday morning and you said did you go for a run I said no I just did some some squats and I took the left if I had taken the right you know the weather was shitty all that sort of stuff now a few years ago I'd, I'd run in any condition you know it's just water yeah. it's just water it wouldn't matter it wouldn't matter mate but uh, you know I suppose I've been I've been through a, like a, a bit of a transition over the last couple of years in many ways, and sort of taken a little bit of a different approach. But I know I am at my best, and I get to you know to, to be my best when I do challenge myself and be able to yeah. you know sort of get 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 back from that run, and I just feel shit. I'm glad I've done that, you know, and that yeah, just yeah. That, that just clears out all the cobwebs. Yeah, primarily. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. man. Yeah, and, and I think as men. You know, Tommy, we don't actually understand that every day we actually wake up with some form of anxiety. And it's, it's all about worrying about the past or the future, primarily the future, about things we've got to get done, this, that, the other. 
and we're in that tension mode uh, automatically but I really really believe as humans we've got to find time in the morning to be able to get grounded because if we can get grounded yeah. then it just sets ourselves up for a good day and we don't we don't only only benefit but everyone else around around us benefits from that because we are in our calm natural state of being yeah yeah well mate I mean that's so the whole find your feet I mean find your feet my organization was born out of I mean that night with Bing where he stood up to me Neil Pringle and said hey no more like, I want young fellas to be able to have the skills to do that. But also, a young champion called Bastion Marjol, who's who passed away nearly nine years ago this month, mm. um, who made him, he had Ewing sarcoma, really aggressive form of cancer. Um, and, you know, and he, I met him when I was 32 in the middle of severe egomaniac. I was working in radio and television in Sydney, all for free, you know, constantly trying to, you know, just work my way up the chain so I could be seen more and... And, um, you know, build my profile and all that shit. And here I am, I meet this kid who's 15 and a half and he's got told he's got six months to go. Mm. And, you know, he's doing all the things that I should have been doing, you know, years and years ago, which is, you know, he, um, you know, he was, he was empathetic, he was kind, it was about others. Mm. He was um, selfless, all these amazing things. Um, you know, and in his final few hours, he, he, he had his mum and dad take him out the backyard and um, and he said, you know, I just want to stand on the ground. One, I want to feel my feet one more time. And and he did that. And then he passed later on that night. And you know, I just think so much about that moment for him. Like actually, that was his priority. You know, which was touching the earth and just feeling his feet. And and it made me think, like, how often do we as blokes do that? And you know, find your feet is is about that now. Giving blokes a chance to do what Bass did, which is setting your priorities. Um, to literally find your feet, you know, and, and not only doing it just in the mornings, but throughout the day, um, you know, being out of, like I, I even chatting with a young fella last night, you know, he messed up and did something he shouldn't have. And, and you know, I said to him, you know, like, use, there's so many things that we can use, like, I, in, with our form guide for a fella to find your feet, I call it drop anchor, which is meditation, but just for 60 seconds. Mm. Like, what do we do when we go fishing? We, we, we drive the boat up to a spot. We look around, we drop the anchor out of the boat, and then we, you know, we're pretty quiet. We're going, oh, where's, where's the spot? And we flick a lure. Mm-hmm. You know, let's do that now. Let's stop. And then when we stop, we get to look at our thoughts and, and think about things, and then we can act. Um, and it's the same with, you know, last night I said to him, I said, mate, when you're coming to do something, like stop. Be like a red light, stop. Amber light, go slow. And think about what you're going to do, and then, you know, the green light, move on it how you would, or think about it like a paramedic would which is, you know, the three A's, which is come in, assess the situation, adjust to the situation, and then act appropriately, you know. Um, and, you know, and find your feet. That's that's pretty much our message. So we get young blokes to, to be able to sort of crack that egg on, on all that stuff or, you know, go to that Coke bottle and, and, and sort of take the lid off a bit so we can hear our story, they can discover the power of vulnerability, they, they, you know, they discover the real hero is the one who stands up and talks. You know, they discover it's, that it's not weak to speak and smash all those those myths um, and then leave them with a heap of skills that they're able to go to. And, and mate, you know, that thing in the morning of stopping and setting up your day is one of them, but I, I encourage them to sort of do it, you know, throughout the day. Like, mate, there's some days that I might have to do it 10 or 15 times and then there's some days that I'll forget to do it. And I'll get myself in trouble again and I'll snap at someone and I'll, uh, or I'll, you know, yell or I'll do something that I shouldn't have done. Um, 
you know, only because I'm not an expert and I'm never going to be an expert um, and I'm always learning. So, but yeah, it's uh, it's important that we, that, of a morning or any time of the day, you know, be able to go and, and find our feet and just stop. And I love it when you hear it in footy games. Like when I'm watching the footy and you hear a commentator go, you know, like the Broncos, the Broncos look rattled here. They need to they need to slow down, find their feet, and go back to their game plan. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with us blokes. You know, like we just need to find our feet and go to our game plan. And, and there's nothing wrong with a game plan. I love that you say in the morning you wake up. We all wake up with something, and it's it's true. But what do we get told as blokes? Push on with it. Push it aside. Get on with it. You'll be right, mate. You know, come on. Whereas. Any, I mean, I know you, you're the outback mind, so anyone who's out in the bush knows you flog a, you flog any stock continuously and don't let them rest, mate, they're going to fall over. Mm-hmm. You flog any paddock, you know, for seasons on end and never let that paddock rest, you know, you're going to wear the shit out of it. Yeah. And it's exactly the same with us, but as blokes with that men's law that we've built, you know, we've got this ingrained thing. There's, I mean, I grew up with an old man who said, come on, just get on with it, you'll be right. You know, hard nut, put your chin out, some prick will hit it. Mm. Um, whereas, nah, I, I want my young fella to actually go, and my daughter to be able to go, right, I, I'm allowed to stop here. Yes. Think about this and make a plan or go to my plan. So, yeah. Mate, uh, you're right. And a lot of guys have had that issues. Uh, and uh, and that, that takes a lot of guts to be able to sort of work through that. You know, we all love our fathers. Um, but there's always uh, something that's happened that we've never understood, possibly when we were younger, and, uh, and that can throw us off course really quickly. But I, I really want to try and, you know, with, with my kids, just instill in them that, you know, life, life is, is an absolute joy if you can actually give yourself uh, the freedom to, to tune into what it is that you actually really love, you know, what, what you love doing, because yeah. that, that keeps you neutral. So when your mind's at speed, you were talking about, you know, doing things that make you feel angry and aggressive and that. I always talk about coming back through the gears, sixth gear, sixth gear yeah. fifth gear. And when we get back to a neutral mind, mate, that's when we can start to really be ourselves and be in that calm, natural state, which is, which is our, our birthright primarily, to be able to be calm like everything else around us is doing their business in nature. Now, we're really designed to be doing the same thing, living in harmony and living in the higher levels of consciousness, which Bastian basically was. You know, yeah. he, he had a special gift that, um, that, his, yeah. that his body wasn't keeping up with. Unfortunately, it gave him disease, but primarily he was able to keep a neutral mind and he could see life uh, very, very clearly as it actually is and as it was happening. And the, the little subtle things in life about putting your feet on the earth, it's something that we take for granted. So when we find ourselves and our minds are at speed to be able to come back to the stage where, you know, I, I, I've got a friend that calls it um, a fuck yeah meditation. So you, <laughs> you basically look around and everything that you're doing uh, within the vicinity you're in and say, fuck yeah, look at this. How good is it? Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you, I'm looking out over the ocean here. But, you know, before this conversation, I was, I was maybe, not, maybe not observing it as closely as what I possibly could be. So when we get yep. back to our, our calm, natural state of being, we actually observe things in real time like it's really happening, you know. So we've got to be able to yep. keep coming back to that often. And, uh, you know, someone like, like, like Bastian is a very, very special person because I think that they're pretty much living in the moment consistently and they're able to sort of see life as it is without sort of yeah. getting distracted too much. And we, as men, we actually get ourselves wound up too easily. So... 
being able to you know start your day where you can come back through those gears to get back to that neutral mind i think is really really relevant and really important for us yeah definitely mate no well that they're the skills and tools you know that find your feet sort of that we that we give and um you know they're, they're not the ones that we unfortunately find in the curriculum you know in schools or even you know you can't go into the pub and and, and have a schooner of um you know meditation or a schooner of this or you know we we get taught so many other things but not you know these these skills so yeah, yeah mate no it's, it's good stuff we are we are very triggered and very geared to able to go to quick intervention so that might be a pill it might be uh you know a joint it might be a, a schooner or whatever mate oh, i could if you're anxious i could give you uh, an exercise you could do within five minutes you come back to feeling like you would after you've had a couple of schooners without the consequences you know so yeah, yeah. I've, I've been really, really fortunate to be, able to be able to learn what actually is possible as humans to, to settle our nervous system down because our nervous system will just take us away on this, uh, on this roller coaster really quickly, you know, unless we actually learn the skills to be able to, to, to settle again. And, um, you know, we're in that fight and fight mode consistently where we're constantly battling, um, you know, these, uh, these stimulations of, of modern world that we're actually in, and it's only gonna get worse, mate, with all the, um, all the distractions that we've got, but if we can actually like self-regulate and come back to, you know, that sense of calm more often, then we've got a, got a chance to actually be a better person, you know, not only for ourselves, but live more of a calm, relaxed life rather than sort of being agitated uh, as, as most of uh, society is these days, I suppose, mate, for sure. Yeah, definitely, mate. Yeah, well, that's, mate, that's what Find Your Feet were about, you know, just travelling around and uh, meeting blokes and giving them the, the, the ability to step up and go, this is my shit and uh, this is how I want to, you know, sort it. Or, or we say, you know, well, here's a heap of ways you can start to deal with it and live with it, yeah. Yeah, perfect. Now, so you're, you're on a bit of a tour at the moment, so you're going through country New South Wales. What are your plans throughout the year? Mate, so, yeah, we, um, I mean, Find Find your feet, loves the bush. Um, it's weird. I'm a coaster. Grew up in Chugs on the beach, but mate, love love the uh, love the inland. Um, generations before me, you know, our family have have been out on the land. So mate, when I'm out there, I think you know, there's a Paul Kelly or sorry, Kev Carmody line where he says, um, "I'll stay in the scrub where my heart truly sings." For me, mate, that's where I'm happiest. So mate, yeah, I'm in beautiful Armadale at the moment. I'll head down to Sydney, I'll down into the Hunter and do a bit of work down there. And then, mate, into um, Avalon just for a week or so to catch up with some crew. And then, mate, out to um, Narromine, Trangy, Warren, Gilgandra, Dubbo, yep. which is central New South Wales. Um, mate, and I just, it's absolutely heaven on earth out there. The people, um, you know, the old saying, salt of the earth. And, mate, I'll run, I'll run um, school workshops with, with young fellas and young girls. And then some staff workshops, mate, and some parent nights, um, as well as that, some community stuff. And then, mate, it's back up into Queensland um, for a tour up through um, central Queensland up into north Queensland. I'm really lucky to be working with um, an organisation called Mahindra Rise. They, they're, they make tractors and, and, and cars. Um, but as well as that, they've got an amazing side uh, project called Mahindra Rise. So I'm lucky enough to work with one of our greatest ever cricketers, mate, in Maddie Hayden, who's became, you know, not only like a become not only a find your feet 
um, mate or ambassador, but just a bloody good mate to me. Like the fella is absolutely incredible in in how he owns his stuff, and you know it doesn't matter that he's uh, you know goes out and hits three hundred and eighty. Uh, or 200 and whatever he did in Chennai or something like that, mate, at the end of the day, he'll sit down with you and go, Tommy, this is where I've got to get better at this and better at that. Mm. So, mate, uh, him and I are getting to go on tour um, up throughout Queensland. But, mate, yeah, we're pretty much got bookings right now, right up until um, September, October yeah. um, at schools throughout Queensland and New South Wales. And, and mate, I'll get him a red truck and a sleep in my swag um, I've got my fridge on the back, I've got an oven, and I've got my dog. Lucky enough to have the family with me at the moment, but they'll fly back up to Queensland soon. Um, and, mate, I'll just get out and do it. Um, I was with, I used to be with an organisation that, you know, sort of self-claimed experts they were, but, mate, I'm an organisation that's a bloke who's lived the experience. I don't think it's rocket science. Um, the minute I tell my story... It's beautiful. Other people feel free to tell their story. And then, mate, we can pretty much rewrite what it means to tell your story yes. um, and the benefits of it. Um, so, mate, yeah, that's that's the next 12, next 12 months, a lot of video projects. Um, and then, obviously, mate, I mean, I'm not a massive social media person, but I've discovered the power of Instagram with young fellas um, and young girls getting on there. They look at a lot of these influencers that are doing all this shit to their bodies that they shouldn't be looking at um you know you meant to drink you meant to this and all of a sudden you know through at find your feet these young crew are getting on there and mate um talking about how they woke up this morning and went for a run or they woke up this morning and and took on you know embraced a demon um so yeah mate continually putting stuff on there to just to continue the conversation because mate that number one thing at find your feet is to normalize this um, normalise it so when I speak to you on the phone like you and I have spoken um, a young fella can just be on the phone and be like yeah as a mate I'm, I'm under the whip I'm hurting um, and I need some help mate do you know someone who can help me um, so yeah mate that's that's find your feet for the next for the next 12 months that's amazing you you look I, I needed you to come along when I was 16 <laughs> you know yeah uh, there was well, mate, never any of that you yeah. know yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's the beauty of it, man. I'm, and I'm still at schools where they're saying, oh, look, academic, academia outweighs, you know, that this sort of stuff you're doing, mate. You know, 90% academia. And I go, well, you know, it's like saying, okay, I've got my red truck here. It's 99 Land Rover Defender. It's not a fire truck. It's like saying, you know what, I'm just going to drive this truck around Australia and I'm never going to change the oil. I'm never going to change the tyres or the brake pads. I'm just going to flog it. And that's what I find there's a lot of this education policy still is which is you know academics number one but we're not thinking about mm. you know the person that we're working with or the person that we want to be achieving all these things we're just flogging them and it's the same analogy i used with the cattle before or, or you know or paddock um we're not taking any time to stop and uh and the schools that i in, um you know we just ran a conference 25 schools that came from all over australia those schools have all sort of just gone shit like this is huge some schools realized they did an hour and a half of what you might call partial care or wellness or well-being, you know, out of a 35-hour week. Mm. You know, it's just um, it's just ridiculous. So they're starting to see the value in it. But, mate, I mean, I've had young blokes stand up at these workshops and, um, mate, they've either come out, you know, they've said, you know what, well, boys, I'm gay, I'm bi. Mm. Um, they've come out and said, 
you know what, boys? Um, I've been the arsehole and I'm sick of it and I'm sorry and this is the reason why I'm an arsehole. Um, and I still have a workshop to run this activity called Toe the Line where they step up to a line. Um, and one guy halfway through this activity, big Samoan, huge fella, walked up to me and just said to me, you mind being quiet for a minute? And I was like, mate, whatever you say, I'll do. Um, and he walked along the line and just started holding these, like his classmates and, and whispering something to them and shaking their hands. And, they, and every time he'd left, the, would leave a boy, he'd have tears. Uh, that have tears. And then he turned to me and, he, and I said, mate, what was that about? And he said, mate, I just realised, like, I've just been holding up so much bullshit and pretending to be someone I'm not. And these guys are the ones who suffer. I come to school and I pressure them and I bully them and I bash them. And, you know, this is just giving me an opportunity to, to, to drop the mask and, and really let these fellas know that I'm, that I'm a good fella and I've got stuff going on at home. Um, mate, I had a young bloke step up the other day in a workshop and, and, and he came in late. You could tell that the boys were sort of bagging him, they're bullying, yelling at him from across the room. And, and I let that behaviour go on because that's building him up to the point where I then drop him into, well, how we treat blokes? And got to the point where they were allowed to share. And, and this bloke stood up and he said, he said, you know, you guys tease me, you do this to me, you do that to me. He goes, and I think you're all dickheads and I think you all behave like that men's law. And, he goes, you know, I really don't trust any of you. He said, but, he said, I'm going to own this. And I was like, whoa. In my head, I'm going, wow, this is interesting. He goes, I don't trust any of you guys because I don't trust any men because of what happened to me as a young guy. Mm. You know, I was treated badly. Um, I've been fostered out to that many families, um, this, that, and the rest. And he told this unbelievable story. And he goes, you know, so please understand, fellas, when I judge you or I don't talk to you or I... You know, I'm this to you. It's because I don't like males. And all the blokes who had been giving him shit for ages were in tears. And they're like, mate, we never knew your story. Mm. And that's no excuse of our behaviour. But now we know your story like we're so sorry of how we've treated you. And we know why you sit on your own. We know why you're so introverted. We know why, um, you know, you don't get involved in all, the, in all the bullshit. And we know why you don't run with that men's law. So... It's an incredible opportunity for a bloke to stand up and go, hey, this is who I am and deal with it or not, but this is who I am. And, and that's the moment that I was talking about when I said I was covered in spiders. I stood on that veranda at that party and I said, you know what, boys, this is who I am now. Like, I'm, I'm not that laugh, I'm not that smart ass, that rude, obnoxious, arrogant, drunk. That's not me. I'm this guy and, and deal with it. Um, you know, and, and then from then on, you know, my stories come out to blokes and they're like, I've got blokes who say, mate, I've got the same shit. Like, well, how come you've never talked on it? Well, because I've never been given the opportunity or it's just something that we don't do. But now I've done it, I feel amazing. So, um, mate, I can't tell you the number of lives. Um, you know, like Hados says to me, he goes, mate, have confidence. Say it saves lives. And it, and it does, mate, you know. I've young blokes talk about, had a young bloke talk about, you know, he sat down after a workshop and he was shaking and I said, what's going on, brother? And I went over with it. We always have a doctor in the room, always have a guidance counsellor and always have two staff members in a room. Mm. Went over and I sat with him and I said, mate, what's going on? And he said, mate, 10 days ago, he said, I tried to take my own life. I took one of dad's guns and I put it to my throat and pulled the trigger and it wouldn't go off. And I said, mate, what'd you do? Like, well, what, what are you doing about it? Well, what's going on for you now? And he said, well, mate, he goes... 
the next day I went to the um, the gun range with my old man and I got the same gun and, and I'm shaking and I, and I shot it and he goes, it went off five times. Mm. Um, and my old man was sort of yelling at me and laughing, going, hey, you know how to shoot a gun, why are you shaking, why are you shaking so much? And he goes, I couldn't believe it that my old man was looking at me with a gun in my hand that was his that the night before I had pointed at my throat, mm. at my head to kill myself. How old was he? Um, mate, he was 16. Yeah. And he's... He's, he's, he's at school, he's told me his story, he's like, you can't tell anyone, you can't tell my parents, please, please, please. I said, mate, like, we've got to, like, come on, let's go right, we're going to step into this, let's do this. And he was good, you know, he was like, all right, let's make, he said to me, he goes, I'll make a commitment to talk with you, the guidance counsellor at school and the doctor. Um, until midnight that night, we had a deal. Then the next morning we connected again all through that day. Then the next day we didn't hear from him. It was awful, couldn't hear from him. And... Um, I was worried. The teacher rang me up that afternoon and she was crying. And I was like, oh, what's going on? What's happened? And she said, no, it's amazing news. She said, old mate went home um, from school um, the day before yesterday and he told his parents everything. He told his parents about the pressures. He told his parents how he's been feeling and the attempted suicide. Um, they got rid of all the guns in the house. Um, he's gone and signed up to ten uh, uh, to a mental health plan. He's at Headspace, um, and he's turned his life around, mate. I, I walked into a workshop only a month or so ago. He was in the follow-up workshop, and uh, and I said to the teacher, I said, "Where's Where's old mate?" And she pointed down the front, and mate, he's down the front. He's with his mates. He's doing what young fellas do. He's doing the dick flicking, the dacking. He's yelling out. He's laughing. He's smiling. And I was like. That's why I do this work. Yes. You know, there's a life saved. Got into the workshop and we're doing the second workshop. And we're talking about stuff. And I said, who's been to a counsellor in the room? He put his hand up and another bloke put his hand up. And I went straight to him and I said, and, and I didn't, the boys don't know what, it, what he'd been through. And I said, mate, tell us, what's it like? And he goes, mate, it's the best. He goes, when I've got a sore tooth, I go to the dentist. When I've got a sore knee, I go to the physio. He said, when I had that happen, he said, I didn't want to go to a counsellor because of all the stuff. He said, when I did, he said, it's now, he goes, it's now like I've got this person I go to. He said, I do this amazing thing where they put, like, they've taught me this skill where I put all my full-on stuff that I'm working in, in the back of my head in one door, and I process it, and then I take it out the other door. Mm -hmm. He said skills like that. He said, you know, I'm not fully healed, and I probably never will be, but he goes, I'm working on it. He said, that's the most beautiful thing about my life, is he goes, I no longer have to pretend. And all of the blokes in the room were like, jaws dropped, tears. Seeing this bloke who rarely used to speak now as a hero, like, he becomes the benchmark, that fella. And instead of being the bloke that's out there getting all the girls, drinking all the beers and fighting, and that was their benchmark, they're now looking eight foot tall, uh, eight foot higher, sorry, at this bloke whose benchmark is being honest, owning your stuff, going to a counsellor, getting help, and you know living life not as an expert because we're never going to be experts living life as someone who knows you know like just with my truck we got to maintain it yes. you know we've got to change our oils we've got to change our tires and yeah so mate it's um it's a severe blessing that i get to travel around doing the work i do oh. but mate it's more of a blessing that i get to do it you know i don't do anything i'll just go in the room and and tell my story and and then we the young fellas and young girls go from there and, and the magic happens, mate. It's made the hairs stand up on the back of my neck. Like, like I, I know I had the conversation with you about going into schools and I've been into prisons 
uh, and, and done work. Uh, and I've had people come up to me saying, thank you, I feel like myself again. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, and, and that, that just makes me feel like human, like really human, but they feel human and, and I, just, I just want to do more of this because I know how powerful it is. If I can have more people saying that to me, then their lives change just like that young guy, you know. And this is, this is so much more profound than education um, that we're sort of seeing in traditional realms. And you know, I'm really passionate about helping guys uh, that are at the other end of the scale. So when, when guys have been incarcerated, you know, there's a great opportunity to be able to help them heal because they're being punished for trauma that's not their fault. You know, mm. you could have been that night that you threw that buddy, that, um, that, that bottle of wine, or you scaled yeah. that bottle of wine and threw it, you could have done something wrong that night which put, would have put you in prison, you know? Yeah, that, that's, yeah exactly, it's, it's, right. easy, it's as easy as that, you know? So I see guys that have done something wrong and they've been, they've been punished, but underneath that, that, that behavior is something like what you've experienced as a young fella, which has never been healed. No, it's, yeah, it's, exactly, uh, mate. It's never been here. Nah. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about that thing yesterday about, you know, to meet the man. To to meet the man, what is it? To meet the man, you, first you got to meet the little boy. Mm. Um, and, mate, yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the biggest. There's so many blokes that are still getting around that I can see who got the little boy in them, mm. you know? Um, they've got the little boy in them, you know. My little boy just ran in right now. He's yelling at me, the mum's got a coffee. He's an absolute legend. Um <laughs> But yeah, you know that's 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 the secret, mate. I reckon, like, or, I mean, I just love. I always say to young blokes, like, when I'm in the company of, of of a young man who's just come out in a room, you know, I'm always like, mate, I'm just in awe of you. And they're like, well, why? And I go, because you you there's this there's this blanket over you guys that's just so heavy, right? And this men's law bullshit that we have to have girls. We have to, you know, we can't be with guys. It's just, it's, it's, it's one of the heaviest men's laws there is, right? Mm-hmm. And and I'm and, and it's for the other side too, you know, for women too. Women have to be with men. Um, but you know, the minute, um, the minute that I'm just getting a coffee delivered, mate. How good is that? <laughs> the minute that um, they they come out and they and they step up in front of a room of their peers, and they go, you know what? This is who I am. I'm in awe because I just go, mate, your honesty is exactly what I felt the first time I went into the rooms, you know, like walking into a room of alcoholics and and they'll, they're telling you the whole room, the deepest, darkest stuff. There's no mask, mm. you know. I'm in awe of that person because I don't have to wear a mask then, you know, whereas if I walk into a room with a bloke and he's like, hey, mate, you know, let's get on the piss and the punt and the footage on this afternoon, I've got to go right, you know. I can do the easy thing and go left and and, and just go, yeah, yeah, let's do it, rah, rah. Mm. Or I can go, you know what, mate? I've got my little bloke outside, my little girl and my wife. I'm actually going to go and hang out with them. Mm. You, you you do what you're doing, you know? It's almost like that whole science is condoning it thing. It's almost the same with our mates. Like, with Bing, you know, he didn't condone my behaviour anymore. He just said, I'm not going to do it. And my wife as well, you know? Like, I owe my life to my wife. Mm. Um you know, and it, and it's and it's that it's 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 being able to have the ability to step out and with a mate and go, this is who I am, or even hey mate, I reckon you could be doing better at this. 
because it's bullshit the fact that you're drinking every day mm. you know something's going on mate i'm not going to laugh at you or laugh with the rest of the boys at the stupid shit you're doing i'm actually going to step up and go you're better you know mm. and i'm going to say that because i love you and that's you know what a real mate's going to do mm. i reckon anyway I agree mate it's it's amazing my one of my best friends if not my best friend i've known since we were both four four years of age you know and and the conversations that we have were the same as what we basically had back then it's straight from the heart yeah you know, straight from the yep. heart like like you did have when you were before you were conditioned <laughs> or programmed i suppose uh but yeah. uh yeah you know we we can still talk like that and um i think we can once we get rid of all the bullshit we can all have these conversations you know deep deep conversations uh, with others that can just be transformational rather than just you know um just just bullshit gutter talk primarily which uh, which, which is you know very very common exactly and mate, and, I'm, and i've got a bit ringing in my head you know like a lot of blokes will say mate i want to do this and young blokes i want to be able to do this but I don't know how to do it. And they're genuine. They're like, I don't know how to do it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, okay, let's look at how we can do it. So I'll say, you know, a great thing for me is when I play golf, I mean, I can chat with my mate being, I can eyeball him for five days. Like, he's easy, right? Mm. He's one of those blokes because he's given me so much. Um, I can easily eyeball him straight. But there's other blokes like, and my old man would probably say the same about me. For him and I to have a really good conversation, it's easier in a golf cart because we don't have to look at each other too much. <laughs> it's um, going for a walk, um, driving in a car. Um, for blokes who surf, when you're out in the water, you know you can be having a conversation with a mate. If you need a bit of a break, catch a wave, come back out. You know, it's almost that stop-start. You get to think about what's said. The pressure comes off. Mm. There's so many ways, you know, that we can have these conversations. Mate, I think I, I should have mentioned it before, just on my old man and my old lady, before, you know, before we, if we've got to finish up soon, is um, that one of the greatest things about Find Your Feet and, and telling your story, and for me, was uh, one of the skills I use is taking your foot off your throat, off someone's throat. So I did that, I guess, with my mum and, and my old man. But with my old man, you know, I never really, I never gave any time to his upbringing and his story. And, yeah. you know, he was, I call it a second World War descendant. You know, his dad went to World War Two and came back pretty tortured. And my grandmother was passing away. She was 101 and we sort of knew her time was coming to an end. And went and laid in bed with her one day and just talked to her about all this stuff. And, and uh, you know, she said it was hard for your father. You know, grandpa was pretty tough on him and, and when Vietnam come around and the whole family's sitting in front of the television to see if his number came up, and his number didn't, his birthday didn't come up, so he literally went straight to the pub and he was there for a few days and came back and changed his shirt. When he walked back inside, my grandfather turned to him and said, it's a shame you're not going to war. It's the only thing that'd make a man out of you. Mm. You know, and, and he grew up in that culture as well of where you just got on with it, you hardened up. And, and, and when I talk on all this stuff, and when I, when I first learned it all, I gained heaps, heaps of empathy for my old man, heaps of understanding, and I realised where he comes from, and I take my foot off his throat, and when we take our foot off someone's throat, you know, you imagine, you got your foot on someone's throat right now, they're on their backs, on the ground, and their tongue's hanging out, they're gagging, you know? Mm. Nothing's going to get done when we're gagging. It's the same as that truck out there, I don't change the oils, nothing gets done when the gearbox is screaming. So the minute I took my foot off his throat, man, I'd get, I'd get phone calls from him out of the blue and he'd just give me a bit on growing up. Like, he told me a story about his mate, Pete Tyree, from down the way here one time and then just was like, oh, there you go, mate. And I was like, that was awesome, mm. you know. Um, my expectations of him, I lowered as well. 
um, knowing of what he'd been through. Um, and, mate, our relationship now is completely different. I mean, he's great with my kids mm. when he can be. Mm. Um, you know, he's not amazing. And he'll be listening right now going, mate, I'll do my best. But I'm just, but, you know, <laughs> he's got his world in far north Queensland. And yeah. he's working through his stuff still. and Or he's doing his best. And But it's the same as in the workshop, you know. A young bloke gets up who's bullying another bloke. And, 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 and for years they might be sitting across the schoolyard going, What's that bloke's story, mate? He's such a wanker. Mm. What's his story? And my whole skill is and and workshop is about well, instead of sitting there and taking the left option, which is judging him from a distance, go right and walk over and go, Hey mate, I'm Tommy. What's your story? I'd love to meet you. Mm. Um, and we do that in the workshop. I, I do a BNS challenge where I sit them all around in a big circle and I go, Boys, Go and find someone to talk to. You know, we're at a talent. We're in the bush. We're at a, at a big country hall in the old days. The bloke could go and find a girl to dance with. Go and find someone to talk to. Mate, they'll sit there for five minutes sometimes in complete silence until one of them gets up and goes, Mick, I want to talk to you. I've never talked to you before. And boom, ice is broken. After that, they'll share and it'll be like, I never knew that Mick, you know, grew up in a foster home and he didn't have parents. I never knew that. And I've always judged him as being this weird dude who never had food at school. And now I just discovered that, you know, Mick some days doesn't have breakfast, mm. you know, and he's, and, and, you know, and so all of a sudden they know his story. And instead of judging him from across the yard, they give him what I teach him, the truck he's not or the bus he's not. You know, you don't have to go over there and sit one-on-one with him and lock eyes with him and hold him and cry with him. Just acknowledge the bloke because that'll let him go to his Coke bottle and take the pressure off just a little bit. You know, there's all these skills until they get to the point, mate, where they're doing what you're doing, you know, and, and doing yoga and meditation and, and, and that becomes their norm. Mm. You know, as young blokes, we just I just want to start filling their bag up, you know, with a, with a few skills so they don't have to wait till they're 35 yeah. and throw a bottle of red wine across the room and, you know, leave their kids with memories that you don't want any kid to have. Oh, mate, I think we've all just had flashbacks to the school bully, you know, and, and, yeah. and really what their story was and, and no one really heard their story, you know. And um, Mate, I just think you and I have got a duty to be able to get to more of those young fellas to be able to help them out so they don't uh, make the mistakes and end up in, in prisons or doing the wrong thing because they can re-divert their life at a 14, 15, 16, uh, you know, age bracket or all beyond. No, they they can yeah. be they can be thirty five still to be able to sort of come to someone to be able to help you know redivert them and and really unlock their behaviours that have, have been sort of you know trapping them all their life and and you know that that young fella geez you know how how much of a gift is it for someone like you to come along and say well you know how are you going and then really help them sort of you know become more reassured that uh, that it's okay to not be okay and um, yeah yeah oh mate. Yeah. I mean, I've got one in my head right now. He's an absolute legend. He wouldn't mind me saying his name. Hunter's his name now. And he just, he's constantly pushing against this, as in pushing and pushing it away, this weight of um, men's law that sort of he's, you know, had to believe in. And, and he's like going, Tommy, I, just, I don't want it. And he's a hard bastard. He's a good kid. Like, he's a smart ass. He's a good boy, you know, like. And when I say good boy, as in like he's a proper boy, mm. does all the boy shit, gives teachers heaps of grief, and but he's he's challenging this, you know, like he's actually pushing it away, mm. and and he's and it's fallen back on him a lot too, you know, like it's he's pushing away a roadblock 
but I'm I'm stoked for him that he's pushing it because he could easily just go fuck it. I'm just going to leave it there, and, yeah. and 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 I'm never going to jump it. But he's pushing it, and he's and he's just becoming this bloke that he wants to become, you know. And and that's the goal, you know. He he his future relationships don't have to be damaged because he's hiding stuff, you know. His kids don't have to see things they shouldn't have to see because he knows how to go to that coke bottle and vent. He's he turning, knows what he turning needs to right, do. Tom, I think he's, what, what you're saying is turning, right. turning right rather than going left and going left is back to that yeah, that old self, I suppose. Yeah. No, that's it, mate. It's uh, awesome. We're going, we're going right today. We're on. <laughs> exactly. That's it. So, brother, I'm really appreciative of your time. We, we better finish up here. We're going to have another one of these, I think, before too long uh, on this podcast so people can really uh, unlock uh, some of the... I suppose experience and journey of what you're actually doing at the moment and be able to maybe get you into uh, their communities to have a chat. Um, but how can people find you in the interim, mate? Where's the best place to contact you? Um, mate, I'm always a big one of just straight up text me. I'm old school, 0401 159 636. Or, mate, Instagram's an epic one, at findyourfeet. Um, mate, we're a not-for-profit organisation now, so, mate, we're going to be getting out more and more and... Um, but mate, yeah, send me a text, send me an Instagram message. Um, You've got a website, TommyHerschel.com? Yeah, com. Tommy yeah, mate. And I always say, before you go to that, realize I'm a school teacher by trade, uh, not a marketing guru, you know. <laughs> this work isn't about looking sexy or sassy or any of that crap. This is about getting to the coalface and going, hey, boys, I'm as, just as, you know, fucked up as you guys. Excuse <laughs> yeah. the French, but yeah. I'm just as stuffed up as you guys. Let's go together, you know. Let's yeah. work on this together. Yeah, hundred so, yeah. percent. Like I, I, I look, you know, you can go and spend a th- thousands of dollars on, on masquerading things to be that you know that you're not. But if what you're doing is coming from the heart, it doesn't matter, you know, the platform and, and how you're actually doing it. It's just a matter of really loving what you're doing, and you're loving what you're doing now, and and that's the most important thing, mate. You, you'd be getting so much more value out of this than what you would be. Uh, you know, doing the the surf reporting or doing the um, the media type stuff. You know, I really I'm really grateful for our conversation and uh, I'm really proud of you for stepping up a few years ago to become the man that you are. Mate, no, cheers, look, brother. I mean, that was my drive. I was a classroom teacher for so long, and and um and then one day I was like, what's going on between three o'clock in the afternoon and nine o'clock the next morning? Mm. That's what's making these dudes tick or not tick. So let's go into that. So, mate, look, I appreciate it, mate. I look forward to catching up and doing part two. Good on you, brother. Thanks very much. Too easy, legend. Thanks, mate. There you go, guys. Um, I'm really, really grateful for my conversation with Tommy. Uh, we just got so much in common uh, with our journeys, but also with what what we really believe in and what's needed uh, out there in regional communities to be able to help uh, help young fellas uh, or, or fellas of any age, uh, um, primarily to be able to, yeah, change the law, change the law of what it's like to be a man. And um, yeah, Tommy's uh, just a, an amazing guy. So I hope you enjoyed uh, our conversation. If you want to touch base with me, uh, send me an email, supported at backmind.com.au or the website www.outbackmind.com.au. Tommy's um, Instagram was findyafeet, F-I-N-D-Y-A feet, uh, if you want to check him out on there. Uh, and uh, tommyherschel.com is his uh, website to get a bit more of a, an insight on his uh, journey and background. 
appreciate you uh, being here, guys. Any uh, any feedback, welcome. Really grateful for you uh, tuning in and listening to our chat today. And many good uh, good guests coming up. Don't worry about that. So, uh, yeah, this is probably a, a real groundbreaking conversation I've had today with Tom. So I appreciate you being here. Cheers.